Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Asia-Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday the 22nd of February here on Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre and welcome to another program. Beautiful sunny day. Better got to tell the weather report to uh, Oh, can you play the can you play the, no, the no, weather? That, that was all hat. That was last year, the year before, Giselle. You've got to move on with the time. No, it's brilliant. I'm going to take over the uh, panel next week so I can pal- play your weather report. Excellent. Actually, I've got a better idea. You can take over the panel for the whole of April and, and really go for that it. That is definitely <laughs> going to happen. Thank you, Pierre. Um, anyway, that music interlude, um, I actually don't know who we were trying to work out who it was. The only name that came up. Um, here on the computer it says Spotwood. Uh, I'm not too sure if that's the name of the person, the band, or the song, but that's what it was, Spotwood. But it and did have a bit of a Mazzy Star feel to it, didn't it? I have no idea who <coughs> Mazzy Staff is, right, so then. sorry, my <laughs> ignorance shows up again. Um, but um, And of course, thanks to Solidarity Breakfast and Annie for another very interesting program, which um, almost as interesting as ours, isn't it, um, Giselle? <laughs> oh, um, I but, would not. I'm not going there, but thank uh, you, know, you we, kindly uh, for trying to coax me into that. that that's, that's no problem. And um, of course, um, before you mention all the contact details, etc., Etc. Etc. Just to let you know that we'll have our usual roundup of labour news from the region, and then we're going to have a short interview um, with a comrade that we um, um, caught up this week with uh, uh, Tai Yan, who is the secretary of the Building Woodworkers Trade Union Federation of Cambodia, uh, and um, we um, he was speaking at a uh, trade union uh, conference against. Uh, repression against trade unions here in Melbourne and um, so we interviewed Vine Interpreter and the interpreter you will hear is Rani but I'll repeat those later on but that will be in the second half of the program and of course Giselle those numbers. That's right. If you do want to get in touch with us you can find us on the web all the w's dot aawl.org.au you can also email us at aawl at aawl.org.au I forgot to say AAWL stands for Australia Asia Worker Links and we're the people that bring you this show every Saturday morning. Um, We have just relaunched our uh, weekly mini news Um, and, of course, because it's been in hiatus for about a year, um, many of you will want to get back on that list or are struggling to receive it. We do want your feedback. We, If you do want to be receiving the email every week, send us an email with your details and we'll put you on the contact list. And that's right. And um, I was going to say something else, but I totally forgot now. So uh, I'm sure um, it will come back. I, I was probably going to say, uh, especially to all our listeners who are in, um, you know, around the globe, 
uh, that's a good way to uh, stay in touch. But those um, news items, Giselle, you can stop doing the Sudoku for for a few seconds. I'll, I'll give it a go of stop doing the Sudoku, but we are going to start in India and unfortunately a factory fire that has killed at least seven workers last Saturday at the Nandan Denim factory in the Indian city of Ahmed. Um, Ahmadabad, a fire destroyed the two story, a two story building there. As I said, at least seven workers were killed in the incident. Nandan Denim is one of the largest denim manufacturers in India. The company prides itself on the high standard of working conditions in its factories and strives for the social comfort and intellectual improvement of its employees. In reality, workers often work up to 14 hours a day in cramped, noisy and dirty conditions amid dangerous machines. The factory in Ahmadabad had all its doors and windows barred and locked so that once the fire broke out, the workers could only escape through the lone exit, a door that could be reached only by climbing a steep ladder. The owner and management team of the factory have been charged by local police. Unfortunately, the conditions inside this factory were not an exception, but are the norm in India's manufacturing sector. And even though these um, bosses have been charged, it's no guarantee that they will ultimately be convicted or serve any jail time for this crime. That's right. And India's uh, Mm -hmm. uh, judicial legal system is renowned for the glacial pace it uh, goes. Um, And look, that story, I actually went to the website of the company. It was almost... Uh, a different galaxy what they were and it would have been like a comedy sketch if it wasn't so tragic Um, now the next item uh, Giselle is really for you Um, you will really enjoy this this item because not only it's a win it's about how they won it so we go to Korea it's a it's a pylon uh, victory isn't it just just listen to it uh, Giselle just just enjoy it and just um, learn you know grasshopper learn anyway we now go to, uh, to, in 2006, two union activists in South Korea, Park Moon-jin and uh, Song Yung-suk, were fired from their Yungnam University Hospital in uh, Seoul in an attempt to stifle workers' organising efforts. These two workers um, fought for their re- reinstatement since 2006 and in July of last year began an open-ended aerial protest on a rooftop of the hospital. So that uh, started in July. Then um, in early January of this year, in a solidarity action, the president of the Korean Health and Medical Workers Union, Na Sung Ja, actually started another one of your favourite tactics, Giselle. She began an indefinite hunger strike to demand the reinstatement of the two union activists. Now, last week, management of the hospital compromised and an agreement was reached that not only allowed for the reinstatement of Park Moon-jin and Song Yang-suk, but also agreed not to hinder union activities at the hospital. The union thanked the thousands of supporters who had taken solidarity actions over the years. I feel obliged to explain to the listeners why I find the tactics uh, no, of hunger to, strikes and um, aerial protests um, co- uh, ineffective, and and it doesn't. And part of the ineffectiveness is that sometimes it works. So congratulations to these workers and the um, risks that they took to themselves personally in order to stage these protests and ultimately win. I don't think we can gloss over so congratulations to those workers but 
health and safety at work is a key organising point for us as workers because profits will trump our safety over and over and over. And in fact, what that says and what that means is that our lives are expendable. So when we're in a dispute that is ultimately about fewer profits for the bosses and we put our life on the line for it, it is not a winning strategy overall because our lives are expendable. And we've seen Palestinian prisoners languishing in Israeli prisons on hunger strike when we know that the lives of Palestinians are not as valuable from the perspective of the state of the of Zionist Israel. So it is not a strategy that is about the longevity and about the, the future dignity of workers. So again, congratulations to those workers because it worked in this case. But in terms of building a fighting international union movement that will ultimately smash capitalism, seize power from the hands of the capitalists and instate... Aerial protest and hunger strikes won't do it. And of course, you forgot to strategy. mention the Maruti Suzuki that they've tried that as well and they weren't successful. And of course, um, once you actually do go into the links of this story, because that's very important as well, you will actually see that uh, throughout these 14 years, there'd been uh, many, many protests by thousands of other workers. So it was actually a whole movement. Moving now to Qatar, uh, as many of the other oil-rich states in West Asia import it imports millions of migrant workers to build and maintain their cities and industries. Temporary migrant workers make up between 80 and 90% of the total population in Qatar. Working conditions for these workers have often been abysmal, with any kind of independent labour organising severely repressed. Last year, during a severe spell of hot water... It was reported... Weather? I would have thought so, Pierre, but thank you kindly. It was reported that hundreds of workers were dying from heat-related conditions. A new report by Human Rights Watch has highlighted a systemic pattern of non-payment of wages to workers across the city-state. And, of course, we do know that... Qatar is also one of those countries where, out of desperation, because um, workers' passports have been seized for for these heat-related issues, many workers have been committing suicide because they absolutely see no way out. That's right. I mean, the interesting thing, um, you know, the 80 to 90 percent of the total population, you would go, hmm, you're in the slight majority there. But I'll just leave it at that. Yes, it takes it requires organising. <laughs> That's the right. The state is organised. Yes, yes, and powerful. Um, we now go to Turkey where there was some good news followed by quite bad news. Uh, on Tuesday of this week, nine human rights activists were found not guilty on all charges following the mass protests that erupted in Istanbul in 2013 around the plan to bulldoze Gezi Park. Gezi Park. This, was, this was actually a bit of a surprise for a lot of the supporters that all charges were dropped. Now, one of the defendants, Osman Kavala, had spent over 800 days in jail. Now, the joy of the large crowd of supporters uh, that gathered to hear the, this announcement was soon soured by the announcement that Istanbul chief public prosecutors had now indicted Kavala for attempting to overthrow the constitutional order in relation to the attempted military coup in 2016. And um, Kavala uh, actually um, basically was just transferred from jail to jail. Now, this new indictment uh, quite clearly shows that the repressive nature of the Turkish government will continue into this year. And in India again, well... Maybe not in India, let's see. <laughs> that was a bit controversial. Oh. 
since the crackdown by oh, the see. Indian it's Kashmir that's uh, since the crackdown by the Indian government in August last year, journalists have been one of the hardest hit sectors of workers due to the continuing internet restriction and censorship by the Indian state on Kashmir. Journalists have had to go to extreme lengths to be able to report and file their stories to the outside world. Some journalists have had to abandon their profession and seek other employment avenues to be able to survive. Nevertheless, many are continuing their work in order to highlight the human rights abuses that are happening in Kashmir. Just this week, Ahmad Khan, a freelance reporter, was named the winner of the 2019 Agence France Presse Kate Webb Prize for his work highlighting the impact of the takeover by the central Indian government. And it's certainly been um, quite effective, I think, the censorship in there. We, we're hearing very little from what's happening there in uh, Kashmir. We now go to Australia. We, um, over the last um, few years, the extent of wage underpayment has been exposed across all sectors of the Australian economy, whether they be small employers or large global conglomerates. In the last week, major retail companies like Target and Coles had to admit to, un- to underpaying their workers to the tunes of millions of dollars, while recently the Woolworths, a chain of supermarkets, admitted to having to repay up to $200 million to its workforce. Such underpayments are mainly found where unions are non-existent or weak, and it is not a surprise that many of these wage wage theft cases have been brought to light via organising efforts by workers themselves. And in Japan, in 2011, following a powerful earthquake, a tsunami slammed into coastal communities in northern Japan. We all know that we followed that Fukushima disaster very closely. The wall of water created one of the worst nuclear disasters on record by severely damaging the Tokyo Electric Power Company, TEPCO. TEPCO, The TEPCO-owned Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. Once the original fire was put out, a major, complicated and dangerous um, operation was initiated. Nine years later, this operation is still ongoing and still facing major issues of how to safely dispose of contaminated material. The latest proposal from TEPCO is to dump millions of tonnes of radioactive water into the ocean, regardless of the long-term damage this might cause. That will solve the issue, won't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> might not do much for the fishing uh, industry. Um, anyway, it's uh, just on 14 past 9 o'clock. We'll go to a community announcement, and then we'll come back with our interview with uh, Tayen from the construction um, uh, union in Cambodia. So I'm here at the school kids strike for climate action with some of the people who are on strike today. Can you tell us your names and how old you are? Uh, so my name's Ivy and I'm 12 years old. My name is Marta and I'm 8 years old. My name's Layla and I'm 11 years old. Inequality is at a 70 year high. Our jobs are going offshore, our jobs are being casualised. 40% of us are trapped in insecure work. The richest 1% have more than the 70% of us at the bottom. And workers will stand up and fight. You've never seen a fight before until you back the Australian workers into a corner and tell them they've got no rights. Those workers will fight. 3CR, union issues and workers' struggles. Feed Radical Radio. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377.
it's just on uh, almost uh, 16 past and 9 o'clock as uh, we announced earlier in the at the start of the program this week um, we went to a uh, forum here in Melbourne about uh, trade union repression in the Southeast Asian region and there were a couple of uh, speakers there was um, Tayan from the Building and Woodworkers Trade Union Federation of Cambodia and Alma Labog from the KMU in the Philippines and we'll be bringing you an interview with Alma in the next um, few weeks but um, this uh, week we'll be uh, talking to Tayan who we interviewed uh, after this meeting and um, the interview was conducted through an interpreter and the voice of the interpreter uh, that you're hearing is um, Rani. It's a relatively short interview, so we'll be coming back and we'll tell you a little bit about the um, forum as well. Can you please tell me about your union and uh, who you organize? His name is B. Yanti. He is a general secretary at BWTUC and his union is organized the construction workers. How many members do you have and what are the main issues that you are facing? Nowadays we have over 8,000 members and the main uh, challenge that uh, we have that our member face now is the work accident. Can you tell us a bit more about the occupational health and safety at workplaces? Regarding to OSA issue in Cambodia for construction workers, we do not have the law or regulation on OSA yet. And there is no uh, actual law that demands the employer to provide the PPE to the worker during their work. So when they work, sometimes they face from falling from the high because they don't have the PPE. And there have actually been cases of uh, collapsing uh, buildings as well. Related to the building collapse in 2019 and early 2020, there, are three, there were three cases and killed 66 workers. And is there any compensation or follow-up because of these uh, terrible uh, incidents? So far, they don't receive the compensation from the company. However, they receive the money that's supported by the government. And how difficult is it to organize workers in the construction area? The first one is the difficulty of organizing. The first one is uh, related to the worker. They keep moving from month to month, from place to place. And one more is, uh, number two is about the union rights. So um, there's very little ongoing contract or work for workers. They have to go from job to job. So 98 of the construction workers, they do not have the contract. They just verbally agree and they work and then they get the salary and then they can move to another place. This makes me think that the wages are very low and maybe workers don't even get the minimum wage. 
uh, main reason that they move is that uh, the first one is the construction worker they do not have the minimum wage and one more thing they move from this place to work at another place maybe the salary is higher or sometimes even though the first place is the salary is better but they still move because maybe regarding to the work condition is not so good do you as a union organizer find that easy to go on to work sites and organize workers yeah it is difficult the first one is difficult to organize them second one is difficult when we organize it is easy to lose them and third one is that even though we want to campaign to to demand a better working condition also difficult as a union do you have good relationship with other unions or is the union movement in Cambodia very divided and weak? There are three types of unions in Cambodia. The first one is the union that support the government. Uh, one more union is they support the political party. And one more union is they are neutral. So even though we are a neutral union, however, we can work with other unions. It's no problem. Do organizers in the union movement, do they get repressed by the government, by the military, by the police, by the employers, or can you organize openly? Union, we are not very open to work, and, but sometimes we also inform to the police, and sometimes the police also come to, to see what we are doing. As a final question, what are your major aims, major objectives for the rest of the year? The plan for this new year, this year, there are two. The first one is uh, want to push the government to to have the minimum wage for the construction worker, and one more is to release the regulation or practice on the OSH. Thank you very much and we wish you all the very best. Yeah, thank you. This is Irene Bolger, former Secretary of the Nurses' Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986 and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR, radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976. That interview that you just heard was um, with Tai Yen, who is the Secretary of the Building Worker Woodworkers Trade Union Federation of Cambodia, and the um, interpreter's voice there was Arani. Um, Giselle, that was done uh, straight after the public meeting, and you can probably uh, hear there were still some people around there in the background noise to give a bit of atmosphere. Um, where that meeting where um, there was Alma Labog, uh, Labog from the KMU and also Andrew Detman from the National Office of the AMW here in Australia talking about trade union repression. Um, do you want to give us some um, feedback, some of your thoughts uh, about it? Well, um, I mean, Australia Asia Worker Links has been working on the project of trade union repression since we began um, 
I think what's really important in relation to the that issue. So we heard from the Cambodians, we heard from the Filipinos, and probably if we had more time and more money and all of those things, we could have heard from um, the comrades from Laos. We could have heard from the uh, comrades from... Um, India. Or- that's right, India, Malaysia, uh, Indonesia, to, to actually look at what is what is happening. So in some parts of the world, workers are murdered. Uh, in other parts of the world, they are beaten on picket lines. Um, the women are sexually harassed and raped. People are followed home. This is all designed to prevent us from organising. It's actually designed to stop um, one side of the inherently... um, (laughs) I don't know why you're... Class struggle? Yes, absolutely. But uh, what I'm talking about is the inherent hostility between the two class forces and the side of that that has the most power right now, the side of the state, the side of the capitalist. It is designed to prevent us from organising. But I think it's important to note that this happens in advanced capitalist states too. It looks differently. It looks like the Ensuring Integrity Bill in Australia It looks like bankrupting unions. So the International Longshoremen Workers Union in the United States has just been um, fined $500 million for strike action. So... um, the, the job of repression is to stop us fighting back. Uh, and I think that that piece sometimes gets missed in the horror stories of what is happening. And we should, we must talk about the horrors of what trade union repression looks like in other parts of the world and use the space that we have when we have it to organise. But we must do that internationally and we, act, we must recognise the class forces and understand it economically, politically, in order to fight back and win. That's right. this is- um, it's all one, one fight. And if I can just have a quick two words, it's interesting that what you said about the, our forces because Jackie Lambie, the Australian senator, about the, talking about the Ensuring Integrity Bill, actually came out and said, oh, yes, yes, I, I want the bill that uh, only uh, targets the militant unions, not the non-militant unions. And, uh, and you think... Uh, i.e. the ones that are really weak and actually have no power. Um, but uh, And sometimes when we talk, we must fight, we must fight, we, we, we must fight, the piece that is left out in our rhetoric is we must fight to win. And I know that the win part is complicated because all of the factions on the left, all of the different political perspective, perspectives have a different view of what winning actually means. But... Sometimes I grow frustrated with our side when we keep saying we must fight, but it looks like we're fighting and running around in circles rather than with a view to victory. Look, I totally agree what you've uh, said. I think the trouble is, um, uh, look, you know, I think you're totally right. I mean, one of the problems, and I often see it, is when people put slogans for like, united we bargain, divided we beg, and I go... No, bargaining is a process. United, we win. That is what we want. Bargaining, you know, is the process. And I think, but I think that's part of the whole issue is what does win mean? You know, is it a dollar more an hour? Is it $2 more? Is it $3? Or is it being able to work, um, you know, two, two, um, two hours less a day for the same pay? Or does that actually mean take over the factory and say, this is our factory now? Um, 
there's all kinds of and I think it's possibly we don't and I think it's very hard to have those conversations because I think that's all ideology behind it. So in short, I think the meeting was a very, very good meeting. It was a necessary meeting and congratulations to AFIDA for organising it and having a a panel of such high quality speakers. Um, I think that us as a movement more broadly needs to find a way to um, have the very difficult conversations of what does a campaign to win actually look like. Um, we totally agree, and, and that's a very good uh, point, really, to um, leave this show. It's uh, just on 28 past 9 o'clock. And, of course, don't forget that uh, 3CR Radio, we've just uh, finished our subscriber week, but uh, you can still subscribe because this radio uh, is uh, by you, for you, and by us. And um, we need, um, we basically, if we don't put the money where our mouth is, then this radio does not exist. And uh, you can go to the website, www.3cr.org.au or call 94198377 or just email us and um, support uh, uh, your radio station. But that's really all the time that we've got for you. You've been listening to Asia Pacific Currents. I brought you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links on the labour issues of the Asia Pacific region. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, stay tuned to 3CR for uh, Palestine Remembered, Remembered straight after this announcement. But that's all from me, Pierre Morrow. And me, Giselle Hannah.